1: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: There is no song on earth that signifies a house party to me. Oh like yeah! This song. Oh yeah! This is you're in high school. You're walking down the steps to the basement. The party is going off. Oh no doubt. Life has never been better.
3: No doubt. My wife knows every word to this song. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But it's she knows a great it thing. That's that's she knows every word that means to this she's song. A fun yeah, that, that means
0: your wife has lived a lot of life.
2: What the hell does that mean? I mean if, she,
0: if, she, if she knows every word to this
2: song, 100%. That means she used
0: to party. She used to get
2: it in. She was a party girl. Hey. Oh. I'm
3: sorry, I what? Phrasing. Don't know about that. Hey.
2: Know
0: about that one. No, no, no. What
3: do you. What, 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 wow. Tune in for a football doubleheader Sunday as the Ravens host the Rams, followed by the Vikings at the Raiders. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. We are unsportsmanlike. Well, he is unsportsmanlike. I am a, that was
0: an unsportsmanlike moment. That was an unsportsmanlike <laughs> moment. ESPN but you know radio. what? We have another unsportsmanlike moment, too. Yeah. We have another one. We do. So we got a shout out to Alana Klein on, on Twitter because she pointed out the fact that Smallman and I have our ESPN Cleveland mugs out here. Indeed we do. And, and someone oh, is out. sipping some coffee, and they're not using their ESPN Cleveland coffee mug, which we were just gifted from ESPN Cleveland that's, yesterday. That's that's something you
3: can accuse me of. is not supporting our stations across the country. That's that's the one that I should be But, but, but what are mug? we doing? It's it's we in doing? My you got where's a
0: Dixie mug? cup right there instead yeah. of an ESPN Cleveland mug. And it's you in know, my locker. This
2: is an outstanding mug. So you don't, you don't
0: appreciate Point. the gift that they gave you.
3: No, I don't. Oh, okay. Nah. Uh, of, course uh, right. do. okay. of course I
2: do. Um, just, so, I mean, of course
0: you, I do. I'm just mean, if you did, you would show love but and have your thing. coffee you, in the mug. But then how do you wash it? What do you mean? There's it a sink
3: water. right there by yeah, the coffee pot. It's not enough. For there's me. I a need sink with- a full with, dishwasher. With, I need the full dishwasher. There's a sink okay. with
0: soap right there. I, I like this. I
3: don't know. What do you want me to do?
0: So, wow. I well, like What we obviously want you to do is drink the coffee out of your coffee mug. I like it. I like it. It's better for the environment. That's right. Oh,
3: you're, uh, now I'm anti-environment? Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, clearly.
2: <laughs> you're anti-Cleveland clearly. and anti-environment. I'm
3: anti-Cleveland, right? Ay-yi-yi. I am mean, anti <laughs> cleveland right ay ay ay. i am uh, pro in, uh, environment by the... Uh Farm fresh Christmas That's treats. Right. They're That's better true. for the environment, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. But yes, okay, so I do not. The ESPN Cleveland mug and the shirt is in my locker over there that, um, yeah, I guess I We did won't not. make
2: you change your shirt because it's Victory Friday for you. So you yes. can, it's it's one of the rare times this season that you could wear the do your job I shirt. I do have the do
3: your job <laughs> Bill Belichick shirt on today. As New England last night beats Pittsburgh 21-18, two straight losses for the Steelers with two-win teams in their building with Arizona and New England in back-to-back games, which is just remarkable from a Mike Tomlin coached team. Bailey Zappi throws three touchdowns in this game, two of them to Hunter Henry, the tight end. Mitch Trubisky gets booed like crazy. I don't think I've ever heard the Steelers fans boo like that. And there was a a penalty late on a punt that theoretically would have given Pittsburgh a first down to try to win the game, but it was called a false start on the center, on the long snapper, which... I mean, I'm thankful for it as a Pats fan. I don't know, they don't know, the, I don't know what they were talking about on that because the guy just like moved his head up a little bit, yeah. And then they called a false start, but it kind of looked like more like an offsides on New England, which would have potentially changed the nature of the game, maybe setting up a game tying field goal. Pittsburgh schedule the rest of the way is obviously very difficult with 500 or better teams, which sets us up into this weekend where you have one, two, three, four, five, six games this weekend with teams that are 500 or better going up against each other, and a seventh game in Tampa and Atlanta that we look at and we say, okay, well, technically it's a first-place battle in the awful NFC South. Yeah, one of
0: those teams are going to be in the playoffs, yeah.
3: So if we're doing our rankings of games this weekend, and we take Philadelphia and Dallas off the board, NFC East, number one seed, we take the Chiefs and the Bills off the board, Sean McDermott obviously in some hot water over the comments he uh, that were made uh, in 2019 about 9-11 that uh, Ty Dunn had in Go Long. If we take that off the board, the most must-watch game of a must-watch weekend in the NFL is what? Take those two off the board. Okay. Which one are we choosing first? Go ahead, Smalls.
2: Um, I am shockingly going to pick the started-from-the-bottom-now-we're-here game with the Houston Texans and the New York I Jets. I
3: like it. Uh, wait, what? That wasn't even on the list of the 500 or better games. Uh, I can't wait to watch uh, this game. I know goal. that
2: this is not a 500 or better game. I'm throwing you guys a curveball. But when I was looking at the, at the matchups this weekend, I can't wait to watch this game. This is a franchise in the Houston Texans that was an absolute mess. And now we're talking about C.J. Stroud being an all-time quarterback and D'Amico Ryan's winning coach of the year. And we've had... Quite the mess with the New York Jets this season. And think about all the drama that's happened this weekend, this week, excuse me, with Zach Wilson being reluctant to play. Now he's going to be the starter. Are we going to see him come out with a fervor, with an intensity? Are we going to see a different version of the Jets after everything that happened this weekend, or this week, excuse me, heading into this weekend? I don't know, but surprisingly, that's the game I want to watch outside the obvious game. I
0: love that one. Uh, Started from the bottom, now we're here. The Jets are still at the bottom.
2: The Jets Uh, are
0: here. They're they're still at the bottom. Um, I'm going to go Ravens-Rams. I think that game is fascinating just because we know how Lamar gets down against NFC opponents. But this Rams team has won three straight since their bye week. Now, the Baltimore Ravens didn't cover themselves in glory the last time out when they played the Chargers before their bye week. Remember, they had four takeaways against the Chargers that only resulted in three points for the Ravens. They've struggled with offensively. Once they get the ball in plus territory, they get in the red zone without Mark Andrews. So seeing what that offense can can be without Mark Andrews for the rest of the stretch, I think that's going to tell the tale in terms of overall seeding for the Ravens. But... The Rams are a team that nobody wants to play. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know about Aaron Donald. He's still one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in all of football. They got a lot of young players on that defense that are really good, but people don't know their names. And then, of course, Puka Nakua, Matt Stafford, those guys are still playing really, really well. So I think the Rams are a fascinating team to watch down the stretch. We know what kind of coach Sean McVay is. This is a team that still has championship DNA in the organization. So watching them match up against the Ravens, where their playoffs has already started and they desperately need a win on the road, I think this is a really, really good game. Before I give mine,
3: if they make the playoffs, do we think Sean McVay is in coach of the year conversation? Sure. Even though quarterback that won a Super Bowl, best defensive player that won a Super Bowl, best wide receiver in football for a, for a couple of years I think one through there.
0: 53, they're the youngest team in the NFL. Like Younger like, than the Packers, I even? They, I think they're young. Yeah, they're yeah. really, really young. Really young. They're, they're one of the youngest yeah. teams, if not the youngest team. I mean, yeah, so you have to consider that.
3: Yeah, I think he has to be in the mix then for Coach of the Year. I think he's done a great job this year. All right, I'm gonna, so the games, again, let me just mention this. Colts at Bengals, two backup quarterbacks. Jags at Browns, um, all the quarterbacks are injured. Like, literally all the quarterbacks are injured in that game. Uh, Rams at Ravens, as we mentioned. Seattle at San Francisco. Buffalo at Kansas City. Philly at Dallas. Those are the games with 500 or better teams going up against each other in what, at least on paper, looks like the best weekend of the NFL season. To me, the most enjoyable team to watch in the NFL – of the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going Seattle at San Francisco. I don't enjoy watching any team more than I watch or enjoy watching San Francisco. They are like visually pleasing, aesthetically pleasing to watch. The way that they send guys in motion. I understand Dolphins fans probably hate me for saying that because I think the Dolphins are looked at as the most fun team to watch in the NFL. Yes,
0: they're fun.
3: But I'm telling you, and this is weird, I love Trent Williams so much, the offensive tackle. I love watching him just eat people and just <laughs> annihilate them. And when they, they, they literally pull him as a tackle, he <laughs> annihilates <laughs> people. What do you do to people? He eats them for dinner and lunch. He is a beast. <laughs> He is an absolute beast, and I love watching him. Double
0: down on it! Oh yeah, <laughs> it's been a loose Friday. <laughs> very, very loose. I'm just saying, thou art loose. Okay,
3: that's the game for me. Seattle, no, so, San Francisco. So even, so
0: even though Seattle is a double digit dog in Don't that care. game, it's not like it's 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 a aesthetically pleasing game if it's I a lo- blowout. I love you watching, enjoyed watching the I beatdown love, they put on the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. Did you?
3: I love watching Brock Purdy. I love watching guys get open, him just throw them the ball, him not do anything spectacular other than, here, you do this. You do this. Now you do this. He's Oprah. You get one. You get one. You get one. That's what he is. It's. All, I love watching him play. And so, yeah, where they have all these weapons, the way in which they play football. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I don't like their talking too much, which we, we will get to. Yes. A little too much talking right now, but not from the players on the offensive side of the ball. But I'm going Seattle, San Francisco. Is there a game of those games, 500 or better teams, that you would say – Nah, I'm sorry. I know they're 500 or better. Strike it from the record. I don't want them in that, this mix of great games hmm. here. Would you say the Colts, the Bengals? Yes.
2: Yeah, that was the one.
3: Okay. <laughs> that so that's that's off the board. There's no part of you guys, because there is with me, a little bit. It's like, what if Jake Browning's good? Not, what if he's good to, yeah. to surplant Joe Burrow? Don't yeah, get me I wrong. You. I got you.
0: But there's I a little,
2: I'm kind of interested in this I, guy now. I know, but just on the surface, a Jake Browning-Gardner-Minchu game, it doesn't really do it for me. No, you know it what doesn't. I mean? It and doesn't. I know both these teams are still in the mix. But what happens
0: if Jake Browning does
2: be it
3: doesn't matter. the, that's the thing. Thing. It what? Doesn't what happens if? No, Smalls, when we're at a shortage oh. of quarterbacks in the league.
2: Well, he'll certainly get picked up somewhere else, but it's not like it's going to change what the Cincinnati Bengals are going to do at the quarterback position. No, of
3: course not. But that's the thing. It's like we have so many of these teams we look at we say have no quarterbacks. Hold on.
0: You just said that he'd get picked up by somebody else? No, she just said that. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're Cincinnati, how could you let him leave the building? With Joe Burrow's injury history? How in the hell Actually, could you how in point. the hell could you let him go?
2: Because you know next season you're gonna start with Joe Burrow. And you Andrew, might as well, might as well start <laughs> Jake Browning
0: as QB one for week one. Let's get through September and then we can put Joe Burrow in as a that's starting a really quarterback. Good point. Yeah. See, I think
3: there's a there's a part of the league right now that we it feels like there's such a shortage shortage of really good quarterbacks yeah. that there is like a QB discovery process that's going on right now that people watch Bailey Zappi last night and nobody's like, Oh, that's my full-time starter. But everyone needs a good backup. More than maybe ever before in this league, that I think that the, the discovery process around Bailey Zappi or Jake Browning, Minshew's been discovered. We know he's the best backup in the NFL, right? Maybe somebody will make him as their bridge quarterback moving forward. Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders. I don't know if he's that good, but if he's but big, I can't say he's not good, right? That's the thing. I think that we are at such a—what is it? Four of the seven AFC playoff teams are playing with backups this weekend. The Mm -hmm. matchup we just talked about between the Colts and the Bengals has two backup quarterbacks. There's a possibility the Jags and the Browns with two backup quarterbacks in the mix there. There are backups all over the place in the NFL playing, many of whom are not very good. So the Jake Browning, as crazy as this sounds, actually has me interested, has me intrigued of, what if he's goodish? Just saying, just saying. All right, coming up, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, will join us to talk about this weekend with all of these great matchups around the league. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
4: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's dot com.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Feeling it, when it? you even when you're it takes over, see, Just like candy. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable.
3: Get a multi-policy like discount. Bike, your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. The
0: stop is starting now.
3: All your protection in one place. same feeling.
0: I Bundle and save it at
3: progressive.com. Hello, Michelle Smollett, Chris Canty, the singer, Evan Cohen with you. Dan Graziano is here, ESPN NFL reporter. Are we listing you as questionable for Sunday with this new injury? I'm good. i actually don't have
5: a game this week. They gave me a bye. Hello. I'll be sitting home watching whatever, Red Zone, Sunday Ticket, whatever uh, everybody else does.
3: I saw Dan walk it in. He had a tiny, tiny limp, and he's the most in-shape reporter that has ever existed. False.
5: I'm (laughs) overweight at this time of year. It's terrible. I hurt myself. Uh, but, you know, it's all good. I'm, I'm ready it. to go. Plan I'm playing through, through. It. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just the, getting in and out of he's chairs. He's the Trevor
2: Lawrence of, I mean, our, of our NFL reporters, I am. of our insiders.
5: <laughs> we have the same hair.
3: Same hair. Same look. <laughs> same yeah. everything. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers in jeopardy of actually not having a winning season under Mike Tomlin?
5: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they only have to win two more games. But when you lose two straight home games to to two and ten teams, uh, then all bets are off, right? I mean, there's no reason to think the, the Steelers can win any game they play, if they couldn't win those two. Now, the flip side is, of course, they've won several games this year that you wouldn't have thought they would win. And so I'm never going to bet against Mike Tomlin getting to that ninth win. But um, it's a fair question this morning. There's no question about that. Dan,
0: Sean McDermott, head coach of the Buffalo (laughs) Bills, finds himself in hot water. Comments that he made years ago around 9-11 and talking about the positives with the terrorists being tied together and and trying to use that as a lesson to his team is now coming to light. And I guess my whole, I guess, theory around the whole thing is this type of stuff starts to come out when the job security of the head coach is in question. Not as if Sean McDermott hasn't shown enough this season to make us question whether or not he's the right head coach for Buffalo moving forward. But just where is the organization with Sean McDermott? And do these comments make it easier to justify moving on from him as a head coach after the season if they don't make the playoffs.
5: Yeah, I think it would if ownership was thinking that way. I don't have – I'm not of the belief that Bill's ownership was thinking that way. I think they believe in Sean McDermott. Mm. When you you go 17 years without making the playoffs and then a guy comes in and overhauls the organization to the extent that he has and now you're a perennial contender, a perennial playoff team, I think it takes more than one bad year to show you the door. Uh, now – all of that said, um, it is a bad year. There were higher expectations. He's let two coordinators go this calendar year, and and when that happens, you, you lose your buffer, right? Like you're the ne- you're the next place they yes. look to blame. Yeah. So uh, and a story like this obviously is 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 a very bad look uh, for McDermott. It, it's bad in a lot of ways. Um, you know, look, it, just to be clear, what happened? I mean, this is a reporter that that specializes in sort of deep dive journalism, and and this is a broader story about his coaching style, not a flattering one, but a broader one where this anecdote gets pulled out. And obviously we all understand why. And for me personally, as someone who was here that day um, in New York City and got pretty close uh, to where it all happened, it's very difficult for me to read that um, and not feel a certain way about it. But and t- taking that out of it, I do think that when you evaluate – I keep saying to people, there's more season left than, than people want to realize. I mean, five games is a large chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. If the Bills go five and zero, oh, we're not having this conversation, right? If they if they go zero oh and five, then I think there's a you know the, 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 then these kinds of things start to factor in uh, to decisions that teams make. But uh, it's it's certainly not a helper, and I think um, yeah, I, I think he's got a lot of damage control to do, and, and and he looks he looked last night like a man that knows that.
2: Another team that had a lot of damage control to deal with this week is the New York Jets. You had the reporting that came out about Zach Wilson maybe being reluctant to step back in as the starter. Aaron Rodgers joined our Pat McAfee to express his disappointment and things like that being leaked to the media and what he called an assassination of character to Zach Mm -hmm. Wilson. Zach is now coming back as the starting quarterback. It's just been a mess. We don't even need to go through the rest of it. But the same question that CeCe had about Sean McDermott is Rob Sala's job in Jeopardy.
5: I think it could be. I mean, if they were to lose out you know and finish four and 13 I I think you have to start it you have to have to take a look at that because like it's one thing to give everybody a mulligan because the quarterback got hurt and then you you see that a lot and that could certainly be the outcome here but he got hurt in week one like you've had time to, to at least try and assemble a representative offense right and they just haven't like they haven't come close and so I think it's it's certainly reasonable for ownership. And remember, Woody Johnson was was out of the country, like not running the team when they hired Robert Salas. not his guy, right? So I do think there's there's I don't think anybody there should be feeling really comfortable. Uh, again, five games left. Like you know, how do they do in those games? If they're three and two in those games, it looks a lot different than if they're one and four. So. But no, to answer your question, no, I, I, I do think that, that that's a spot that we are now watching for a potential change based on how things have gone there.
2: Do you think Nathaniel Hackett's position could be in jeopardy. that's the question, right? Because he, the offense has not been great, but it, he is
5: Aaron Rodgers' guy. You, to, it's a very nice way of putting it, to say the offense has not been, been great. <laughs> abject disaster. Yes, and correct. And, and, it's been awful. And, um, and, and yeah, and he is Aaron Rodgers' guy. So what, what does that mean? Like, what do you do? Can you can you go to Rodgers and say, look, we've got to make changes here. Like, are you okay with this? And what if he says no? And then how far is he willing to take it? When you tie your organization to one player like they have, uh, that complicates all these decisions. And I think if you're the J- and you are contemplating moving on from Salah, then you have to be contemplating moving on from Hackett as well. Um, and that there are layers to that. You're absolutely right. The inner dynamics of the Jets building are are, are messed up, obviously, uh, <laughs> and mysterious. And and so uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, how far would Rodgers go? Like if they said, no, we don't want Hackett here uh, and you need to be OK with a new coordinator, would he... Would he say, no, I'm not coming back? Like, would he leave money on the table? I, uh, there's, there's a lot to figure out there.
3: Talk with Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter. It was great, great stuff already today. And I really, the thing about the five games is jumping out at me that you keep going back to. Like, don't forget there's a lot of the season yeah. left.
5: So we Hembo talk. says it's equivalent to 40 baseball games, right, in terms of percentage of the season. Yeah. Right, so yeah, it's it's a lot. Sorry, go on.
3: No, no, I was just thinking about people will watch all five of the, base, the football <laughs> games.
5: That's a great point too. Sorry. All right, easy. <laughs> it's not a,
3: that's a That was a hembo shot, not a baseball shot. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, fair. so fair Cowboys and Eagles Sunday night football here. Yes, Mike McCarthy's not there this week. Right, we assume he's going to be there Sunday. We don't that's know if he's going to be there. We've been Sunday. told. How do you look at this game and who is it more important for and, and McCarthy's role in it?
5: Oh, it's more important for Dallas, uh, 100%. If the Eagles win, I think the division race is, is probably over at that point because they'll have a two-game lead and the tiebreakers. So uh, Dallas needs the game. They're, they're unbeaten at home this year. They Not just unbeaten at home, but they, they destroy people at home. So uh, the idea of them getting home games in the playoffs is, I think, very important for them. I think that gives them a shot to go to the Super Bowl, and if they have to go on the road three times, I don't think they do. So... Um, yeah, I think it's more important for Dallas. In terms of McCarthy's role, like that I think that's interesting, right? Cuz he's not there for the practice week. How much does it run itself? It's a, it's a veteran heavy team, especially on offense and and uh you know, with with the the leadership at quarterback and the confidence that that Dak Prescott has right now, I could I could imagine a scenario where the practice week goes fine. McCarthy checks in via Zoom and all that kind of stuff and, and, and everything everything's as normal on game night. Now, uh, how is he on game night, right? Is he going to stand on the sideline for three hours? And is he going to be in, in, in good enough physical shape to do that uh, post uh, appendectomy? So that's a, that's a worthwhile question. But it, it does throw something into the mix here in terms of what to expect from this game. I, I don't think it's nothing. When the head coach is not there for a week, I don't, I don't think it's nothing.
0: Graz. Dak Prescott is one of the top front runners to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Can he win the MVP without winning this game on Sunday?
5: Oh, no, I don't think so. No, because then he'll be 0 2 against the team he was trying to catch, right? Like, I, I think you will look at the MVP odds, right? And they change every week. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I'm 100% certain that Monday morning. Like the MVP favorite will be whoever won that game wow. Sunday night, I mean, right? He's like right,
0: he's right there. He's he's tied with Brock Purdy right. as the favorite. Yeah. So it's not
5: going to take much, right? Now Purdy is going to obviously Purdy is is there and he belongs there, but Purdy cannot possibly have as significant a win this week as either Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts will. So I do think one of those will jump. Uh, I don't I don't think that's a, that's a stretch to say. But yeah, I think if Dak Prescott loses this game, if the Cowboys lose this game, even if Dak plays well, then he's He'll be solidly behind Purdy and Hurts in that race and possibly even other guys like Tua. Lamar's coming off a bye and you know if he has a big week he he moves up. So yeah, no, I I don't I think this is it for his for his MVP chances when we talk about Dak.
2: Going back to one more thing about there being a lot of season left. Coming off the win last night for New England, do you think there's anything that could happen for the remainder of the season to shift how we kind of view the Bill Belichick situation with the Patriots?
5: I think it's possible. I mean, ultimately like you don't know what the owner will do right like that's the 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 owners of the teams make these decisions and we can report and ask and speculate on what might happen and I do think there's a sense there has been a sense for a while in New England that 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 this will there'll be a change there but you know ultimately would would Robert Kraft decide oh you know they finished strong they played hard for him like let's stick to what the original plan was and and keep it going I, I don't think you can rule that out. I, I think it's more likely than not that there'll be a new coach there next year. But, yeah, they, they, they were obviously up for that game last mm-hmm. night in a way that I think surprised probably everybody yeah. inside and outside that building. And, um, yeah, four more games. Are you okay here? Are well, you okay here? There is
3: an interesting twist to all of this, and it'll occur on ESPN on Saturday. They're both going to be on game day. Belichick yeah. and Kraft are going to be guests on game day for Army Navy, which is going to happen in Foxborough this weekend. Now, I don't know that that is necessarily the setting to start grilling either one of them about the future during an Army Navy game. No, for our country and this and the you know the support that Belichick and his family have had for Navy over yes. the course of time, absolutely. So maybe we're not going to get something out of it, but maybe no. we will. I think you're the fact know.
5: that they won last night is is critical to the atmosphere around college <laughs> games. Uh, you're uh, so uh, right. That is true. That. Well
3: said. Dan Graziano will be part of Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We appreciate a great NFL reporting, as always. The Lakers and the Pacers. Lakers and the Pacers? Getting us excited? Yes, we'll explain next. It's on on ESPN Radio.
6: slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P H-E-L-P.com slash unsportsmanlike.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: Unsportsmanlike.
1: This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman.
7: You got a lifeboat. There's one available seat besides yours. You can save Chris Canty, or you can save Evan Cohen. Who dies?
2: You know what? I'm such a good teammate, I would give up my seat, and I would die and save Evan Cohen. Liar!
7: Liar, Michelle! Michelle.
3: Lies, 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 and more lies! (laughs) The voice of the Los Angeles Lakers, Sean Ireland, Mason in Ireland, LA's mega sports station (laughs) 710. We need answers,
0: Smalls.
3: Michelle Smallman was on. I heard it live yesterday. Very interesting. Very. Why would she do that? Why?
2: What? That I would sacrifice myself to save the two of you?
3: Yeah. So what what wasn't then included is then she went on to say that she really wants to test us to see if we actually have any kind of survival skills to ultimately get the answer to that question. Correct? That you don't know if either of us can actually do anything of competence in a survival mode.
2: Well, which one do you think would be better in a survival mode situation?
3: How is that even debatable?
0: Play in the NFL, you have to survive every Sunday, yeah. But with me, you'd have to watch your back, though.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, uh, I mean, cause, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and self report on this situation because if it's gonna be me or you, I'm sorry, dog. Lose. sorry, dog, sorry, <laughs> dog, I'm uh, I, 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 we'll have a nice memorial for you, you know, and okay. all of those, all of the things. But I mean, I'm, I'm not like Jack from Titanic, I'm holding on to the damn door, and I feel bad for Rose. I'm sorry, I'll I, I go ahead and you know throw out T's and P's for her family I'm just saying well this is me. she
2: also could have scooched over she
0: should have she right could have she, she over. should have Come but on. I'm a big item Six eight three fifty. I don't know if that they door's going been, down yeah I don't know if there would have been enough room <laughs> what survival
3: saying. mode tactics did you need to know about
2: us can you hunt can you fish <laughs> can you scale a fish or can you start a fire
0: can you can you
2: no <laughs> but
0: that's her point though if she of can't
3: do that, I can't can. do any do you think I could do any of that stuff? Well, just if
2: it comes down, but you have kids, so you also have the, so my kids can scale a fish. (laughs) No, I'm saying you have that dog in you where you would want to fight to survive because you have children and a wife. Well, you have a wife too, but I feel like the, the parent mode would kick in.
3: Okay, but you ask specific questions. Can I hunt? Can, I've gone fishing, but can I hunt? Can I fish? No, I can't do any of but that stuff. But if you're
2: stuck on an island with me. And do I have
3: Wi-Fi on this island? I don't
2: think so. <laughs> can and I, I
3: check Twitter on the island? Can I go to the NBA trade machine? I, I'm going to die. If I can't go on an NBA <laughs> trade machine <laughs> right. for that long period of time, if I can't do hypothetical NBA trades, I'm out. I'm out. So I Who's going to write your, down the seventh-round draft picks in the NFL? Yeah, how would the players know what team they're on if I don't write down the picks at That's that
0: point?
2: True. That's true. So I guess I'm going with CeCe by default, knowing that I'm going to die in the end. But at least I'll stay alive longer. <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess so. But it was a total cop-out to your answer, though. What? Like you, you, you definitely tried to play it down the middle. They wanted an answer, and you gave them a nothing burger.
2: I truly think that I would sacrifice myself. I am not built for those types of scenarios. And yeah. I know that you guys would probably kill me anyway. Well, so here's the I thing. Well
3: have- so Mason and Ireland led her into something that that I'm going to take personally because she didn't take the bait in a way that I'm like, wow, that one hurts. They answered about each other and everybody else on the show. Uh-huh. And so Greg Bergman is the producer and program uh, assistant program director there in L.A. at 7, 10 a.m. And what Mace said or Ireland said is when we play this game, I always say I'd save Bergman because Bergman has a daughter and I always think about the kids and I don't want the kid to lose a parent. You then didn't say, okay, under that circumstance, Evan is the only one on the show with kids. You never took that out. Because so I think th- that I'm that thinking... is absolutely saving Cece. I'm dead.
2: I'm taking I am Cece's dead. future children into account. Exactly. That's you know it. I mean? That's the part, I'm but Paul, about all the kids. That's the part. Exactly. All the kids on this show. Yeah, which be, is why I, I would sacrifice myself. And smiles. you'd be dead. surprised
0: how resilient kids are these days. <laughs> 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 you'd be surprised. That is true. Which is
2: why, guys, I'll just <clears> sacrifice myself. We don't have to worry about children. But I don't then, have any kids or future kids yet. Of
1: course, how could you have a future? But that's like in your plans. You You just just, defeated
3: the whole. No, that's in his plans. Okay, here's what happened. No, here's what happened. You killed all three of us in this hypothetical that you had on Mason and Ireland at seven ten and ESPN. Yes, you just killed all three of us. I say both of you. No, you killed everyone. How? You killed everyone. How? I love how, by the way, John Ireland, y- his day yesterday, went from that to calling the Lakers blowing out the Pelicans last night in the in-season tournament. Indy beats Milwaukee 128-119. The Lakers annihilated the Pelicans. They won by 44 points in I'll this game them. last yeah. night. 133-89. So it's setting up a Lakers-Pacers, just as we all expected, in-season tourney final, ABC Saturday night ESPN Radio. That it's going to be awesome, by the way. Um, the, the tournament begins at 8. 8 p.m. Eastern time here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But there is some stuff that kind of got spicy at the end of the Bucks and the Pacers game. Oh, yeah. So Tyrese oh, Halliburton, yeah. I don't know if people have heard, he's very good at basketball. Uh, MVP candidate potentially this Confirmed. year. Confirmed. Yeah, not underrated anymore. Everybody knows he's great. So Dame Lillard, for those who are unaware, Milwaukee Bucks. whenever he has a big shot, does the pointing to the wrist and does the Dame time. Well, Tyrese Halliburton kind of did that at the end of the game yesterday, and Dame Miller post-game had what to say about Tyrese Halliburton.
0: I learned as a as a kid, you know, when you dish it out, you got to be willing to take it. For as many times as I've done it to people, you know, I can't be upset when um, somebody else does it. You know what I mean? I think that's also um, a sign of respect and acknowledgement for, you know, knowing my history and knowing what I do. You know, I, I didn't mind it.
3: Mm, yeah, okay. But he did say in the beginning about, you know, the respect and everything like that, and been there done that before. Uh, I like the fact that this potentially got spicy. Yeah, and
0: he said you need to show more respect yeah. uh, toward Tyrese Halliburton, and to that I would say, why? Why does Tyrese Halliburton need to show you more respect? He absolutely dominated you on the court last night. He had 27 points. He had 15 assists, no turnovers. His second straight game with no turnovers. So there's something to be said about your point guard taking care of the ball. But then also, this guy down the stretch was absolutely fearless. It's not like the guy didn't have any turnovers because he wasn't taking any chances. In the fourth quarter, he threw an alley-oop from half court to Obi Toppin, who dunked it backwards. Like This is a really fun team to watch, and now with them making it to the finals of the end-season tournament, it's going from a good story to now a team that I think it's safe to have expectations for as a top six seed once the playoffs kick off in the Eastern Conference. That's how much I believe in Tyrese Halliburton. That's how much I believe in the Indiana Pacers. Last night, they had 20 points off of turnovers. They had 72 points in the paint which is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they shot 49% as a team from the field. And again, it comes down to your best player making game-winning plays. And that's what Halliburton did. Like a point in case would be last night, high pick and roll, finds himself one-on-one against Brooke Lopez, immediately recognizes it, goes 1-4. Reggie Miller's talking about it on the broadcast. Go 1-4. He takes him off the bounce. Little oop-de-oop layup. It's, it's those types of plays that end up making the difference. And even when the Milwaukee Bucks Tried to mount a comeback. You saw it at the end of the third quarter. It was Tyrese Halliburton stepping in and answering scores with scores. Damian Lillard hits a 30-point three-pointer. Guess what? Tyrese Halliburton coming right back down the court to hit a three-pointer to retake the lead. It's those types of plays that gives everybody else on that Pacers team the confidence that they can stay in and win these types of games against championship contenders.
3: And I got to be honest, if I was going to go and on ESPN bet at halftime last night of that game with the Pacers leading, I would have bet everything on the Bucks. I would have thought, okay, they're going to come back. Really? And, win. and they did come back. They did the come back, yeah. But I would have thought they would have held on to that lead. Now, what's interesting is post game, uh, Bobby Portis, who's a, been on the Bucks for a few years, was a star in their championship run, star role player in their championship run. I guess, according to Chris Haynes of um, TNT Bleacher Report, had like a little team meeting, heated team meeting, got into it with Adrian Griffin, not into it like in a fight, but like into conversation with Adrian Griffin, their head coach, and teammates uh, across the Milwaukee Bucks. I find it interesting the Adrian Griffin role in all of this. He takes over a team that is a previous champion. They add Damian Lillard. He's a first-year head coach. They don't have the defense anymore like they did with Drew Holiday. That's just something to keep an eye on. We see in the NBA more than any other sport, first-year coaches win titles. It doesn't usually happen in the NFL – I don't think – I mean, we just saw in baseball Bruce Bochy's been around for 100 years, mm-hmm. and Smalls has gone on for, for shows on end saying hire the veteran manager, it makes sense in yeah. baseball. In basketball, it, it has been the other way. Steve Kerr won in year one, Ty Lue won in year one, um, uh, Nick Nurse won in year one. This one feels a little clunky. This is just something to keep an eye on. This whole Adrian Griffin-Bucks thing just feels a tiny bit clunky. And I don't mean to be pushing the Lakers to the side – but it was such a destruction, it's less juicy in yeah, some way. Yeah, we're not
0: breaking down a 40-point 40 40 win by the Lakers over the Pelicans. We're, yeah. we're just not going to do that. Maybe maybe the Pelicans decided to celebrate their in-season tournament win just a little bit early. Oh, they told us. They were talking about all the things they would do with the half a million dollars. <laughs> they were doing them, you know? yeah, they they probably doing some of those things before <laughs> their game last night. But I, but I digress. I, I guess I look at it from this standpoint, F, because in watching it, I saw some of the same things, same kind of concerns in terms of how the Bucks play. They're usually a team that's really tied together, and now it just feels disjointed. Like, even when they were mounting the comeback in the third quarter, it was take-your-turn offense, whether it was Damian Lillard or Giannis or Chris Middleton. It didn't feel like they were all working in concert, which is just something to pay attention to. I mean, Mike Budenholzer say what you will about him, but he had this team tied together, there's a reason why they've gone to you know deep playoff runs and won an NBA championship. You're not seeing that from this team right now. Now, maybe they can grow into that, but there is a little bit of cause for concern. They got the talent to get it done, but can they develop the chemistry in time in order to get it done?
3: 8 o'clock tomorrow night, Eastern Time, ESPN Radio. We will have it for you. Lakers-Pacers in-season tournament final. It is clearly worth. LeBron James was awesome last night and cares about winning This thing.
2: And that's how you know it's working, when that guy cares that much.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. LeBron's first. He was in the first play-in. He won the first bubble. Hopefully, there's not a second bubble. Oh. And he was in the first NBA in season tournament finals. Like, I think these new things actually matter to him. And I think we've seen them matter, Not that he was trying to be in the play in, but you get the point. That I think these new kind of things, these new ideas mattered to him. And it also goes to show how closely tied LeBron is to Adam Silver, the commissioner of the sport, in a good way. The NFL has a, I believe, has a problem in that the owners and the commissioner are versus the players instead of with the players. The NBA, that's not the case.
0: LeBron James played 22 minutes last night, had 38 and
3: 5. And didn't miss. A free throw and, di- and didn't <laughs> 38 miss a
0: three-pointer. 38-5 in 22 minutes. <laughs> he's
2: going to be 39.
0: Yeah, but when LeBron James goes four for four from three-point land and he's, pull- shape. and he's pulling up a couple of steps past the timeline, yep. you know the Lakers are going to win that game. Like As a Lakers fan, I've seen enough of it. Like When he start doing that, you're like, oh, Lakers buy a billion. LeBron <laughs> has been great for a long period of
3: time, just like real Christmas trees, forever part of your life, right? It's time for an incredibly important message this holiday season. If you want to help save the American Christmas tree farmer, Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved. And that means more jobs for the American Christmas tree farmer. They are safer for the environment. They cost less than a third of the price of fake Christmas trees. Buy real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever real Christmas trees are sold and get more information online. Plus, participate in cool contests at getrealkeepitreal.com.
0: Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Yes, it is time for I'm Over at our producer Pat Costello, who gets annoyed with a lot of things presents items in his life or in and around his life to Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, and I, Evan Cohen, here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, that he's over. Pat, what are you over today?
7: People who don't use their turn signals, I'm sorry. Is it that inconvenient for you to do the tiniest of flick to tell me that you're going to turn right all of a sudden? Like, what? It drives me crazy, and you're selfish, and you're going to get someone in a car accident. And I hope it's not going to be me, but it seems like it might be one of these.
3: Things. I am going to drive you crazy right now. I'm a retroactive turn signal guy.
0: What? So if you'll I, start the turn. And I, then if put I it forget on? it,
3: I will turn. As I'm turning, I will put it on <laughs> because I'm like, hey, that's what I'm supposed to. D- I'm a I'm a rule follower. No, you're the problem. But, but- how am I the problem? No, I'm saying in the moments where I don't do this, the turn signal which I do most of the time, I will do the retroactive turn
0: signal. But here's the thing. Like, in the Northeast, I feel like that's not as much of an issue using the turn signal because you have turning lanes everywhere. Like, if you're driving below the Mason-Dixon line, if you're in the South, then, yeah, I understand why you got to use the turn signal because you got a lot of one-lane or double-lane, like, single-lane roads. But I, I guess when you're in the Northeast, you're in these cities, they always usually have turning lanes so do you really need to use the turn signal yes. if you're in the right hand turn only lane? Yes. Why?
2: It's just the rules. But, but why
0: but why but why do I need to signal to you that I'm turning right or left if this is a turning lane?
2: Well, if it's a right turn only lane or a left turn only lane, if I'm if I'm in lane. that lane, why do I have to use the okay. signal?
3: I can't believe we brought this up. This is amazing. Yesterday, I was in a left turn only lane with the with the light. Yeah. And it's a red light left turn only. Three cars went around me and made the left turn. Three. But it was a red light. Aren't you supposed to wait for the red light? You're supposed to wait for the arrow to come up. Yeah. yeah. You're supposed to wait for the Three green different yeah. cars drove around me and made the turn in front of me while there was a red well, light. I, I'm
0: assuming that this is in New York City, right?
3: Uh, where, n- around the yeah, City. yeah, where
0: traffic laws are just suggestions and not rules. Well, it seems like it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, good that's the point. Uh, like if you're I couldn't New believe New it. City, good that's point. That's how it's going down. Red light, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If
3: I feel like it.
7: <laughs> Next one, Pat. I think we've ruined the Hall of Fame in sports. I think we've dropped standards for them, particularly in baseball oh, and boy. football. When uh, when we start putting in guys like Scott Rowland, oh, Michelle, to the Hall of Fame and keeping out guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and all those guys, and like nobody was going to Cardinals games because of Scott Rowland. They were going to games because of Albert Pujols. Uh-oh. He was never the best guy on Here his team knows. at any point. It's ridiculous. I think we, that we've, just we've we've just torpedoed the Hall of Fame.
2: So is this a personal attack on Scott Rowland?
7: No, it's the Hall of Fame standards. Uh, He's just the example.
2: He's one of the best defensive third basemen to ever live. What are you talking about? He is not someone that's below the standard of the Hall of Fame. And just because, and and by the way, people were going to see him. They were going to see him in tandem with Albert Pujols because people in St. Louis show up to see the team, not one singular star.
7: Hmm. He's absolutely below the standard of the Hall of Fame.
2: Why what, what part of his resume, Pat, is below the standard of the Hall of Fame?
7: Everything that doesn't include fielding.
3: <laughs> Damn. Well, fielding is an important this, part person. This, baseball. Sounds, this sounds
0: personal. What does Scott Rowland do to you, Pat? Kind of Why is Scott Rowland today? Play playing for the
2: Phillies. I
4: don't <laughs> right. know what your issue
2: is with Scott Rowland.
7: Notoriously hated by Philly fans.
0: Oh wow. Is there like is there a singular moment, Pat though? Like is it one event, is it one play? As to why Philly's fans hate Scott Rowland?
7: Well he he played in Philly and uh and then didn't want to play in Philly anymore and got booed out of the stadium every time he oh, stepped in Oh, because he after went that. to
2: the Cardinals. You're gonna be sad about that and say that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. A seven time All-Star, the NL rookie of the year, he won eight gold gloves. He's a World Series champion. He won a silver slugger award. You think that guy doesn't deserve to be in the Damn. Hall of Fame? That's Come exactly on. what I'm saying. Come on.
0: Damn.
2: This is just a pretty good conditions. Just... Pretty good
0: conditions, dog. This is just hurt
2: feelings. Let's get <laughs> over it listen i i don't i'm sad that the rams left st louis I, can i take away their super bowl trophy no come on
3: next pat <laughs>
7: the grocery store uh, that i go to got rid of the hand baskets and it's really annoying uh so i just have to like carry around seven things because i don't ever have enough that i need a cart like i can't justify taking an entire cart so now i just have to carry around an awkward amount
3: of items and it
7: really <laughs> makes me angry
3: do you go food shopping every day? What do you mean you don't need enough for a cart?
2: Uh, How yeah. Is that
3: possible? Well, he's it's buying for him himself. Just me. I understand. Like when he himself. eats, the
0: family eats. it's, yeah. it's okay. I don't <laughs> think I don't think he has to have a whole shopping cart right. every time he goes to the grocery what? store. What
3: about will, the wheelie handheld carts? Hold that on. They have, I will though?
2: say though, Pat is a chef, so he is buying a lot of ingredients, fresh ingredients. He yeah. wants it fresh. So, so I yeah, understand what he's, he's saying. going a couple he's of not, times a week. He's not buying in bulk for the family, but he is buying multiple ingredients, probably. Right, Pat.
7: Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of just go buy whatever I want to eat that day, and then I go to the grocery store and buy it. Because again,
0: it's just me. I'm with you on that one, Pat. Though. Why are we getting rid of the hand baskets? Like, I'm a big hand basket guy. <laughs> and if I ne- and here's the thing, if I need to have a shopping cart full worth of groceries, I'm Instacarting that sucker. So really, when I go to the grocery store, I'm only using the hand basket. Because I'm not Not going there to get a whole bunch of stuff. I'm only going there to get a couple of select items Uh so my wife can hook up whatever meal she's getting ready to cook. I'm not going to buy groceries for the week or for the month. I'm not doing that. I'm Instacarting that. So, yeah – I need the hand baskets more than I need the shopping cart.
2: In New York City, if it's more than a hand basket, that's a problem. Exactly,
3: because well, yeah,
0: yeah, then, yeah, the then, then all of a sudden, how are you getting it
2: home? Correct.
3: <laughs> oh, I've done the thing where it's on my arms, and then you—it's so painful. I will carry
2: six bags before I'll make two tri- oh, trips. Oh, it's
3: so painful, but I'll be at the supermarket tomorrow at about six uh, twenty in the this morning.
2: Guy. <laughs> Wildlife, Evan.
3: Wow. I have I have stuff to do tonight. Don't, don't turn up too tonight much. And tomorrow night doesn't
0: matter. He just loves having carte blanche of the grocery store. Oh, Cart God.
3: blanche. First one in last I weekend.
0: Did, there was no pun intended All on that right. one. I, I, didn't, only, I didn't even realize I did that.
3: I was the only non-employee in the supermarket last Saturday morning at about six fifteen in the morning.
0: Did people look at you strangely? Like oh, I'm a regular now. Like look at There's it.
3: one guy that he and I always bump into each other because he's stocking the shelves and I'm trying he's, to like. He's move suspicious. Around him. Like if
0: it's six thirty. In the morning on a Saturday, and there's a guy that's grocery shopping. I'm following him down every aisle because I think this dude is up to something. Yeah, I it- need to see exactly what's going on in his mind. Is there about to be a heist? To- exactly. <laughs> like, why are you here at 6 30 in the morning wow. on a Saturday? Are you, you- scouting this guy? He's you're conspicuous.
3: No doubt. You just bought seven coffee mates, fat free French vanilla. What a
1: badass. <laughs> for listening to the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio you can listen to unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m eastern on espn radio the espn app and on sirius xm channel 80 you can also watch on espn 2 and on espnu unsportsmanlike with evan canty and michelle